The following is a recording of the Dharma Family Service for the Southern Alameda County Buddhist Church on November the 7th, 2021. Isadai 
弟兄人合唱。南無阿弥陀仏。南無阿弥陀仏。南無阿弥陀仏。南無阿弥陀仏。南無阿弥陀仏。南無阿弥陀仏。南無阿弥陀仏。南無阿弥陀仏。南無阿弥陀仏。Please join me in reading the threefold refuge. It's on page 10. The words will be on your screen. <clears throat> Difficult is it to receive a human form. Now we are living it. Difficult is it to hear the Dharma of the Buddha. Now we hear it. If we do not cross over to the truth in the present life, in what life shall we cross over? Let us with sincerity and true reverence take refuge in the three treasures of the truth. I take refuge in the Buddha. May we together with all sentient beings awaken to the great way of enlightenment and to the unsurpassed intent of Amida Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. May we together with all sentient beings enter the storehouse of the Dharma, becoming like the wisdom ocean. I take refuge in the Sangha. May we together with all sentient beings become units in true accord in harmony with all things. The peerless, profound, and wondrous Dharma is rare to encounter, even in many hundreds and thousands of kalpas. Now we are privileged to hear and receive it. Let us thoroughly understand the true meaning of the Tathagata's teaching. Namo Amidavatsa. Ninjin uke gatashi imasude ni uku. 仏法を聞きがたし、今すでに聞く。好み、根性に向かって、どせずんば、さらに、いずれの章に向かってか、好みをどせん。大衆、もろともに、指針に、参謀に、消えし、立て祭るべし。水から、仏に、消えし、立て祭る。まさに、願わくば、主情とともに。大道を体現して無常意を起こさん。自ら法に消えし立てまつる。まさに願わくば主情とともに。深く胸像に入りて知恵生みのごとくならん。自ら僧に消えし立てまつる。まさに願わくば主情とともに。大衆を通りして一切無下ならん。無常人人未明の方は百千万号にも愛をことがたし、我今検問し受事することを得たり、願わくは如来の真実義を下し立てまつらん。ナマンダー、ナマンダー、ナマンダー、ナマンダー、ナマンダー、ナマンダああ、Good morning, everyone.、Uh, I hope everyone is doing well and, and、uh, getting used to the fall season and, and、uh, daylight savings has ended. So I hope all of you are、uh, 
uh, gestured your clocks accordingly. I really hate this system and I think it should be abolished, but uh, that's just me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the other day uh, I, I got a phone call uh, from my son's school and they told me that he was exposed to a person with COVID. And I thought to myself, you know, all kinds of things, you know, I was, you know, really worried. And, uh, uh, and then I thought, you know, just as they're rolling out the COVID vaccines for people who are five to 11 or children who are five to 11, you know, and we had our appointment scheduled for next week, you know, what if he's got COVID, you know? And so my wife and I, you know, got really worried and we went to get, you know, tested. And the whole time I was thinking all these, you know, what ifs, you know, kind of things. And so I was working myself into this kind of frenzied uh, state uh, it turns out um, that we all tested negative, and so that's why we were at the Kairokai, by the way. <laughs> but uh, everything is okay. Uh, but we were really uh, worried there for a, a couple days. But this got me to think, you know, about how easily things can go from normal to, you know, uh, um, you know, DEFCON 5 or whatever, you know, and the whole world being turned upside down and everything can change in, in an instant and we just have to kind of deal with it, right? When life's unexpected turns show up all of a sudden, you know, uh, many times we're not ready to deal with the situation. And I'm sure this COVID business has made many of you, you know, think about life in much in a much different way than from before. Maybe maybe you've been forced to adjust your schedules, you know, and and uh, uh, we certainly don't go out to restaurants like we used to. We don't shake hands, you know, as, as much as we used to or maybe hug and greet people. And maybe how we conduct our businesses have changed, you know. Um, you know, I, I know there was a few weeks in the past couple of years where I got really frustrated, you know, and, and I was ever wondering to myself, you know, when is ever things ever going to get back to normal? Uh, so, you know, I was sick and tired of all these Zoom meetings and things, um, you know, but on the other hand, I think to myself, you know, because of this online presence, we've been forced to um, make more of an online presence as a temple. And we've been as a result of it being able to reach out to more people. You know, whether they become members or not is a different story, but um, they're at least being exposed to the Buddha Dharma, right? And what this Nimbut's teaching is. So I think, you know, on that note, it's been a very positive change, a very unexpected change. But, you know, all these things about change, um, you know, there, there has been someone that's been, or something that's been teaching us about this for, I don't know, about the past couple of thousand years now. <laughs> and that's uh, Buddhism. Buddhism has been teaching us uh, this lesson over and over again about uh, the fact that things change, right? And uh, the big changes, uh, big changes usually come unexpectedly, right? And that's how it goes. You know, what do we do about that? How can we cope with that, right? Because more often than not, these changes are much too overwhelming for the human heart and mind. Buddhism says there is a world of infinite wisdom and compassion, which is called the world of Amida Buddha. And Amida Buddha, um, I, I keep saying this, but I, I think it's important to emphasize this, is, is Amida Buddha is not a deity, right? Amida Buddha is not a supernatural being. Amida Buddha is a principle, okay? The principle of infinite wisdom and compassion. And this principle is personified with human-like, you know, figures, a head, hands, feet, and a body, you know, that kind of thing, uh, for us to understand, in order for us to understand what this absolute truth is, what this principle is. Right? But there's something very interesting about this truth. We do not come to this truth. Truth comes to us. Right? 
this is very important point, and this is always why the Gohonzong, the Amida Buddha, is always standing. Okay, the our Buddha, our Gohonzong, in a Jodo Shinshu temple is never sitting. Okay, never sitting. It is always standing. And as a matter of fact, if you look at the profile, the side profile of the standing Buddha, it's actually leaning forward a little bit. Okay, and that leaning forward is very significant. It means that truth comes to us. That's what it's trying to depict. Okay, truth comes to us. Okay. So uh, it's kind of like the following scenario. Let's say you go to the mall, right? And uh, I mean, do people go to the mall anymore? I mean, everything's done through Amazon. No, no, I'm just kidding. I went to the mall the other day. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's say you go to the mall and you're, you're window shopping, right? And, um, and, and you know, you're not really shopping for anything, but you're just kind of meandering and walking. Maybe you're sipping on a latte or maybe you got one of those, you know, cinnamon twists from Auntie Anne's or whatever, right? And you're just walking around and say, let's say your dad, you know, the whole time is trying to get a hold of you, right? Uh, but your phone is either dead or it's not turned on, right? So you don't notice that, and you're just kind of walking around, not really paying attention and window shopping. And, and meanwhile, your dad is, or your mom, or let's say your dad, is fr frantically trying to call you because your mom just had a heart attack and went to the hospital. So it's a very serious situation, but of course, you have no idea what is actually happening. And then your dad actually comes to the mall looking for you because you told him that you would go to the mall earlier that day. So he spends all this time looking for you in a worried and hurried state. And when he finds you, uh, you are kind of like, you know, relaxed and not rushed. And then your dad is relieved to see you and tells you of the situation that's going on. And then you recognize and appreciate the gravity of the situation, and then you hurriedly run out of the mall. So there are some very important parts about this story. Um, it, um, is that you know one of them is that you weren't looking for your dad at the mall, and the other point is that your dad was looking all over for you, uh, worried about you, and rushing to tell you about the seriousness of the situation. So when we encounter Amida Buddha's compassion, it's much the same way. We're not really looking for Amida Buddha at first, right? Normally, we're just kind of looking for things that will make us look better or, uh, you know, feel better about ourselves. We look for things that might make our lives easier or perhaps we're looking for that special piece of clothing or accessory at the mall or that will help define us who we are, right? But, and we're not really worried about the situation that we're actually in. But the, and the real situation that we are in is that this life is one of impermanence. This life is one of suffering, that we are caught in a world of delusion and ignorance. And, so, and, and we are caught in ignorance so much that it's hard to see that we are ig actually ignorant, right? And so we don't recognize the severity of the situation, uh, even though we should be. And that's what the Buddha is trying to get us to understand uh, and trying to get us to see the truth of the situation. I'd like to um, share with you a story about a protagonist in a movie that experiences this kind of journey that I've been talking about, about the impermanence of life. It's a very famous movie made by a famous director uh, by the name of Kurosawa Akira. Akira Kurosawa. Does everybody know who this person is? You might or might not know. Okay. He, he's a famous, famous, and very influential director. He's so famous that, in fact, that if you're really into cinema, 
Um, there is no way you do not know this name. He, he's made so many uh, movies that were famous and, and um, the way that he did cinematography. I mean, he's up there with, um, you know, um, Hitchcock, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. This goes to show you how much I know about movies and stuff. But anyway, he, he made movies like Yojinbo, uh, Seven Samurai, Shichinin uh, no Samurai, Dan, Dashomon, etc., etc. All these different types of movies. And, and he's won countless awards. Uh, but anyway, I'd like to talk a little bit about this movie that he made called Ikiru, Ikiru, okay? I don't know if, who, how, can you raise your hand if you've seen this movie, Ikiru? Oh, okay, oh, good, 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 okay. Okay, so this movie was made in 1952, okay? So it's, it's right after the war. It's a very old movie, it's in black and white. And um, so there's many post-war themes in there. Um, but in this movie, there is a person by the name of Mr. Watanabe, Watanabe-san, okay? Who is this kind of... Um, low-ranking office worker okay so he's basically a paper pusher and he lives a really mundane and boring life right and he kind of goes through the motions you know uh, um, and uh, he doesn't really have any passion for life uh, and he doesn't really uh, he just goes to work and then comes home and then sleeps and then just goes to work so day in and day out is the same monotonous kind of lifestyle that he lives but one day all of this changes when he's diagnosed with stomach cancer, okay? And he's told he only has a few months left to live all of a sudden. When he comes to this realization, he goes through all these different steps of coping, right? He goes through denial. He goes through fear and anxiety. You know, at one point, there is a movie, the point in the, a scene where he kind of hurriedly hides underneath the oftong, the, you know, the, his bed, and he kind of um, um, tucks away, right? Um, that kind of shows that he's terrified that he is going to die, right? And he's forced to reckon with his coming demise, and he is absolutely overwhelmed uh, and does not know what to do. So he seeks answers to his, uh, what we call in Japanese, nayami, nayami goto, right? His existential crisis. And he meets this, um, this saka, this writer, right? And, he, and they, um, they go and kind of literally go paint the town, right? So they get drunk, right? And they go to dance parties, you know, and they try to meet women. And, you know, they, they try to just ignore this sobering truth that he has cancer. And Mr. Watanabe tries to find joy and meaning in this life in all these different places, but to no avail. And he does not find meaning in those places that can provide him with these, um, you know, short-term pleasures. So I'd like to show you a small scene of, of him in this de depressed state of being. Um, and so um, in this scene, he asks the musician to play this song called Gondora no Uta, Gondora no Uta, which speaks about this, the shortness of life and to enjoy it while one can. So please note the tone that he's trying to sing this in. Okay, so I will share this. Okay, okay. Oh, mm -hmm. 
Okay, so that's uh, the, the, so you get this very sense that he's uh, um, that he's not happy and has no sense of hope, no sense of relief, no refuge, and in this state of utter loss of will. And we can also see, you know, that he he sings kind of offbeat, off tempo. I used to DJ, so I'm very keen on this kind of stuff. But he's he's very off tempo with the music. So and this suggests that he's not in sync with the life, you know, with the, the music of life, right? So his emotional state is in this absolute disarray, right? I'm going to fast forward a little bit in the story, but he, eventually he comes to the understanding that there is one thing that he can do, right? In this line of work, and I forget the details, but um, he's able to decide to build a small park, a children's park, which can be a space in which um, these children can play. You know, and um, as a country that is recovering from post-war, right, it's, it's being war-torn, these places of joy, especially for children, are, you know, very, you know, few in number in Japan at this time. So he sets about to build this park, you know, by getting the necessary zoning rights, you know, permission from the city and, and you know, the parts for the jungle gym and the swings, etc. And he starts to do this. As he starts to do this, he starts to live his life. And he starts to find meaning in his work. And with the little amount of time he had left in his life, he desperately works hard and pushes forward to make the children's park a reality. So at the end of the movie, we come to him having built this park and finding a sense of solace from his work. He sings the exact same song uh, that he did from before, the song of Gondora no Uta. And I'd like to show you how he sings the same song with the same lyrics, okay? Okay, so I don't know if you noticed that, but there's a shift where he's uh, of one, from one of sadness to one of, you know, uh, fulfillment. And so now with this park that is complete, he has come to have meaning in his life, and this gives him utter joy and a sense of completion. It is in his death that Mr. Watanabe was able to truly live. In fact, he was in an advantageous position because he awakened 
to the true and dire situation that he was in. Many of us don't get the chance to see that until it is too late. But Mr. Watanabe had a rare opportunity to live fully in his death. Right? In other words, he has no regrets in his life. He lived to the fullest that he could. And in the time span of six months, the time from being diagnosed with this terminal illness to the moment that he died, he lived as fully as he could. He lived as authentically as he could. And we call this in Japanese, Jibun Nashiku Ikiru Koto ga Dekita. Jibun Nashiku Ikiru Koto ga Dekita. And he now sings this song, Gondora no Uta, which talks about the shortness of life, right? And, you know, so this fact does not change. Where at one point he sang the song in utter depression, right? He now sings the same song with the same lyrics, but now with utter fulfillment, a completely different attitude. And finally, you know, the movie ends with the, with the scene of children playing, right? Um, and, um, you know, there's this one scene. Unfortunately, I, couldn't, I can't show you this scene because I couldn't find it on YouTube. But the swings are swinging with no children on anymore. They just got off and then the swings are still swinging like this sideways. And so it, it shows that, um, that uh, you know, Mr. Watanabe is, you know, that's where he dies. Or, or, you know, he dies. That's the last scene that we see him, right, on that swing. And so this suggests that he is still on those swings, right? He's playing amongst the, the children. <laughs> so he's living in the playground itself, right? Now, so from a Jodo Shinshu standpoint, he is, in fact, now the swings themselves, right? He is now <clears throat> the jungle gym, right? And so he is now the playground itself and the purpose that it brings to the children, right? So, you know, this movie is so powerful. There are many ways to interpret this movie from a Jodo Shinshu perspective, right? But the one thing I'd like to take away from this movie is that, you know, life is impermanent. And this is the truth that Shakyamuni Buddha has been teaching us, right? So the truth that life is impermanent is depicted in this song, Gondora no Uta, right? Gondora no Uta. But, and we cannot change the lyrics to this song. This is the tune of humanity. There is a start and there will be a finish. So the question is not about the lyrics of the song. The question is, how are we going to sing this song? Are we going to sing it half-assed, as if we were walking through the mall without being none the wiser about the situation that we are in? Or are we going to ignore the truth of life and just live in hedonism, get drunk, and seek the physical pleasures of life? Or are we going to see this life as meaningless and sing in utter hopelessness? Or are we going to sing with no regrets in this life, in having lived to the fullest of our ability, having lived in a truly authentic way, no matter how short or how long that might have been. From a Jodo Shinshu standpoint, it is coming to the understanding of the world of Amida Buddha's infinite wisdom and compassion that enables us to find our voice to sing Gondora no Uta to the fullest of our ability. In other words, Amida Buddha's great wisdom and compassion gives us the strength and the hope to live our life to the fullest. 
my son and I like to close with this, but my son and my wife uh, saying today is Gatha Ondoksan, right? And as we recorded it last night, we must have done 10, 15 takes. And each time I found myself getting angrier and angrier and angrier right? because, you know, my son would sing the lyrics wrong or sing too loudly or sing off key. Right. And I was almost ready to give up and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. But my son was happy that he was able to participate in the Gatha singing. Right. So reluctantly, I gave in and I finished the recording, which is what you heard today. You know? But then after I realized, you know, that he was simply trying his best to sing this song in the way that he knew how, right? And my wife understood that, but I didn't. He sang to the best of his ability, right? He gave it his fullest. And really, when you think about it, what else is there in life, right? That's all we can do. We can and should live to the best of our ability, whether that's two years old or whether that's 102 years old. Right? We can and should live in a way that is unique to us. And what gives us that strength, that hope, that poise to be able to do that is none other than Amida Buddha's great wisdom and compassion. That is why we come here to listen to the Buddha Dharma. This religion does not tell us how to live. This religion gives us the ability to truly live. And with that, I would like to close today's uh, message. Thank you very much. Please join me in Gashou. How joyous I am, my heart and mind being rooted in the Buddha, Buddha ground of the universal vow, and my thoughts and feelings flowing within the Dharma ocean which is beyond comprehension. My joy grows ever fuller, my gratitude and indebtedness ever more compelling. Namo Amida Butz. Namo Amida Butz. Namo Amida Butz. We'll begin the uh, service in Japanese with uh, Sensei reading the Jodo Shinshu no Seikatsu Shinjo on page 11. Hi. Jodo Shinshu no Seikatsu Shinjo, 
一つ御仏の誓いを信じ尊い皆を唱えつつ強く明るく生き抜きます一つ御仏の光を仰ぎ常に我が身を顧みて感謝のうちに励みます一つ御仏の教えに従い正しい道を聞き分けて誠の実りを広めます一つ御仏の恵みを喜び互いに敬い助け合い社会のために尽くします何万ナウス何万ナウス何万ナウス何万ナウス何万ナウス何万ナウス何万ナウス何万ナウス何万ナウス何万ナウス何万ナウス何万ナウス合唱をお願いいたします知恵の巧妙計りなし雨量の所相ことごとく光沢かむらぬものはなし真実妙に奇妙せよとナマンダスナマンダスナマンダスナマンダス皆さんおはようございます秋の季節に、えー、特に、えー、入っていますけれど、えー、まだ暖かい日も、えー、続くことがあります秋に入って過ごしやすくなったと言いますけれども一方では不安な気候に対して心配しなければならないのがこの頃ですねこの間の大雨で北カリフォルニア州は少し少しは水不足の状態から復活したようですがもっともっと雨が降ってほしいですしかしそう言いますと今度は、えー、雨が降りすぎて洪水だったりとか、えー、土砂崩れなどいろいろな問題がまた発生してくるので大変ですねさて、えー、話が変わりますが私は南アリマダアラメダ郡、えー、仏教会に帰る前にワシントン州のタコマ仏教会にいましたそこで開教師の仕事をさせていただいたのですけれども、えー、その時のエピソードを紹介、えー、させていただきたいと思いますお寺からちょっと離れたところにタコマコミュニティカレッジ、えー、TCC というところがありましたそこに在学する北九州市からの留学生が毎年タコマ仏教会の盆踊りに騒乱、えー、節を、えー、披露してくれています。タコマ市は、えー、北九州市と、えー、姉妹都市でありまして TCC と北九州大学、えー、と交換留学プログラムがあるのです。ですから日本からの留学生が毎年やってきて現地のコミュニティとの,コミュニティとの交流を促すためにタコマ仏教会の盆踊りにの時に、えー、ボランティアを、えー、していただくシステムがありるのですその中の何人かはキッチンスタッフとしても、えー、手伝ってくれています毎年の盆踊りは大盛況で、えー、踊る人も見る人も笑顔の絶えない、えー、一日です、えー、そして2019年は TCC の留学生、えー、プログラムが10周年を迎えたということでえーまあ、その時に、えー、タコマ市で、えー、ホストファミリーや、えー、タコマ市のコミュニティの関係者がその学校から招待されお祝いに、えー、出席しました私もその中の一人でしたこの時にある留学生の一人の女性が一年の習い事や経験についてスピーチされましたその人は松葉杖を使っていたため舞台まで上がるのに少し時間がかかりました片足もギブスをはめていました。何があったんかなと思いながら見ていたんですが、彼女のスピーチによると、アメリカに着いた途端からいろいろな大ハプニングがあったようです。
まずアメリカ到着時に荷物パスポートと学生ビザが盗まれました何週間もかけてシアトル市にある日本大使館にバスで何度も通い書類を新たに取り寄せなければなりませんでしたまた違う時にはラスベガスに遊びに行った時に転んでし,転んでしまい足を骨折してしまい手術を受けたそうですその後はリハビリ、えー、通いを余儀なくされたそうですこれらの経験からアメリカが嫌いになってしまい、えー、日本に帰ろうかと、えー、悩んだこともあったそうですしかしそんな中彼女が振り返ってみれば周りの人たちからの多くの支援に気づか,気づかれたそうですホームステイ先のお母さんが自分の選択をしてくれたり友人が本やカバンを持ってくれたり車椅子を押して学校への送り迎えをしてくれたそうですまたリハ,ビリリハビリに通ううちに病院のスタッフやお医者さんとも仲良くなりました大学とホストファミリーからの支えもたくさんありました周りの人たちのおかげでいろいろな辛い経験を乗り越えることができ自分を成長させてくれたと話していましたこの間に体験したことはすべて人生の教訓になり人生が投げかける問題をどのように対処していくかということに大変勉強になったと言われ,言われましたそしてこの機会を与えられたことに深く感謝することを、えー、言われていました彼女のスピーチはとっても感動的でした自分の人生がこのようなこのようにならないといけないそういった期待がたくさんありますよねこの年になったら大学を卒業してこの年になって結婚して家族を作ってこの年にこのような仕事を持ってそしてここに住むようになりたいこんな人と結婚したい子供は何人欲しいこのような車を持ちたい、まあ、私たちが求めるものはキリがないのです欲しいものばっかりですしかし大抵は自分が思うようには人生は進まないのです彼女はアメリカに来る前には多分いろいろとアメリカで素晴らしい経験をしたいと思っていたでしょう勉強したいこともたくさんあったでしょうがまさかこのような目に遭うとは思わなかったでしょうね仏教において自分の思い通りに物事がいかないということを苦というのであります。物事が思い通りにならないのは物事を自分の都合によって判断するからであります。そしてこのような苦と出会う中でその原因がどこにあるのかと真剣に考えると初めて悩みというのがわかります。だからこのことを苦悩というのです。日本からの留学生の話を聞いていた私もこの人生は何のためにあるものなのかについて改めて考えさせられましたそれはさまざまな欲望を満たすためのものなのでしょうか功績を積み重ね自分の名前が大勢の人に知られるためのものなのでしょうかそれとも財産を増やすためのものであるのでしょうか仏法,仏法ではこのような欲望を見通す目が必要があると教えてくれます
人生は欲望に対する執着で満たされておりいつまでも生きていたい自分に対する、えー、強いしがみつきに振り回されそしてものを再現なく、えー、所有したいと思うのですそれが私たちの人生ですしかし私たちはこの人生は他人の支えなしで生きることができないのだということを知らんねばなりません言い換えればいろいろなご縁で生かされているということに気づかなければならないのですそしてそのことに気づくことによってこの世は実はお慈悲の働きが働いていることがわかるようになるのです漢字の人人ですね、えー、という字がありますけれども、まあ、これは棒と棒が、えー、お互いに助け合ってできている、えー、とよく言われますよね人っていう感じはですから人は自立して一人で生きていくことではなく他人に頼ってこそ生きることが可能となるのですねそしてその人と人を接着させるものはやはりお慈悲なのですそしてそのお慈悲の由来由来を大きく広げてみますと如来の大慈悲の世界に到着するのです真実そのものの世界ですそしてこれが見えないのは煩悩によって惑わされているから見えないのです親鸞上人はあの有名な昇進家にこのように述べられておられます摂取の信仰、常に称号したもう、すでによく無名の暗を発すといえども、とんない心臓の運務に覆われる、覆われる、覆われれども、運務のもと明らかにして闇なきがことし、とあります。つまり、阿弥陀如来の大慈悲の光が私たちのところに届いており、私たちを見捨てずに抱いてくださるというのです。雲や霧、これを合わせて雲霧と読むんですけれども、この雲や霧が太陽の光をブロックするように、我々の貪欲、真に、愚痴の3つの三毒というんですけれども、まあ、これは煩悩ですね。煩悩が雲霧のように、雲と霧のように、阿弥陀如来の大慈悲の光をブロックして覆うのです。しかし、その運務のもとは真っ暗闇ではなく、太陽の光が実はその闇を突き通している、明るくしているのです。ちょうどそのように、我々は煩悩という運務によって惑わされているのでは,ではあるけれども、如来の大慈悲の光は、その煩悩の運務を突き抜けて、そのまま自分たちを照らし、守っておってくださっているのだと説明しておられますそしてこの大慈悲の世界と出会わせていただくからこそ私も他人も同じく平等に守られておりまた他人との出会いはこの真実の世界に出会わせていただく貴重なご縁であったことが分かってくるのでありますそこのところをあの、えー、有名な浄土真宗のご講,師ご講師であった桐谷淳人和尚は次のように説明になられます。他人はお浄土から派遣された人である
というのですね他人はお浄土から派遣された人であるということですそしてこれがわからないのはボンブだからわからないのですこのように他人のことを見ていくことによって世の中との向き合い方が自然と変わりますよね本当に素晴らしい言葉を、えー、勉強させていただきますねしかし、えー、まあそう言われたとしても、えー、なかなかそのように思うようにはなりませんよね本当に難しいものです最後になりますが阿弥陀如来様の大慈悲のおかげで自分は一人でないことが分かります私たちは苦難の人生を送っているかもしれませんけれどもそれでも大丈夫なのだということを知らせてくれるのが親様のご恩の働きなのです真実の大慈悲が一切のものを受け入れてくださるのですそれはもちろん私が生きているこの人生もそれに含まれますこのことに一日も早く気づくことが私たちにとって本当の幸福になることではないでしょうか本日はようこそのお参りでございます最後に合唱をお願いいたします知恵の巧妙計りなし雨量の所相ことごとく光沢かむらぬものはなし真実妙に奇妙せよとナマンダスナマンダスナマンダスナマン